Hey, and welcome to the Kid Therapist Podcast. This is Allie. And this is Lauren. We are two licensed mental health therapists practicing in Maryland who love helping kids and families to manage and overcome their mental health struggles. Our goal of this podcast is to educate, inspire, and provide some insight into what could be going on with your kids. Here we go. Hey guys, we are so excited to be back for another episode today, and we're going to be talking all about social skills. What are they? Why are they important? What social skills should my child have at their specific ages and stages? And we're going to arm you with lots of different fun, playful ideas of ways to build and teach these social skills at home. Things like eye contact, talking about emotions, learning how to communicate with other people, um, listening skills, the dreaded board game, and empathy, and how to work on some conflict resolution skills. So we can't wait to jump in and share all these ideas we have with you. Social skills are really critical to your child's success in relationships in life, but the really good news is that they can be learned and taught. A lack of social skills can lead to other mental health issues like depression or anxiety, and we hear lots of times around this time of year, now that school's been back in session for a little while, about all the friendship drama issues. So we wanted to give you as parents some inspiration on how to help your kids develop these skills so that they can thrive in your family, school, and in life. So what are social skills and why are they important? And this is not talking about popularity or making your child an extrovert, extrovert, extrovert. (laughs) That's a whole new one. No, Um, an extrovert um, who's super outgoing. You know, if your kid is just naturally shy and more reserved, you know, that's totally fine. We want to harness their own personality and their temperament and what's normal for them. But what this really is about is helping your child to have meaningful relationships in their life and develop skills in stressful situations, like if they have a conflict with a peer, and also developing empathy in their interactions with others. So an example could be, you know, kids, as we know, sometimes don't have a filter, the things that they say. (laughs) They say the most awesome things sometimes. Yes, that's even like been a TV show, like kids say the darndest things (laughs) because they do. Um, You know, and they say things that, you know, as adults we know you just kind of keep that to yourself, you know, in relation to others. So this isn't them trying to be hurtful or malicious towards someone. It's usually a lack of understanding in that social situation. Um, So what are like some examples, Lauren? Yeah, so you hear that buzzword social skills, but let's break that down a little bit and think about what, what are some examples of social skills. So social skills are things like knowing how to start a conversation, listening, getting along, accepting responsibility for their behavior, making friends, and importantly, keeping them, empathizing with others, giving and receiving compliments, expressing themselves, following rules, accepting differences in others, taking turns, asking what for what they need or for help. And those are just some examples of what social skills are. Yeah, and of course, this would <clears throat> range, you know, across your child's developmental age. So knowing your kid's stage is super helpful. You know, you're not going to expect a three-year-old to be patient, patiently listening to their sister's point of view about what happened when the Lego got knocked over. You know, like their totally three-year-old is going to have, you know, a little bit of a <clears throat> meltdown or a little bit of a difficulty kind of censoring themselves in that moment. So that's totally normal. 
Um, so have some expectations based on your, your kid's age. So, um, so here are some typical guidelines based on different age groups and developmental levels. So between ages two and three, a child can briefly look at someone while they're talking and can initiate a conversation with hi and bye. And this is when they start learning how to take turns. I love that we're, we're talking about this because knowing your mm-hmm. kid's age and stage is really important for your, your expectations of what they can do. Absolutely. Um, man, those twos and threes are hard. <laughs> so threes and fours, still hard. Um, you know, they are more developing skills, starting to develop some skills and taking turns. Um, they're starting to use their words to verbalize some of their needs and feelings. And again, they're three and four, so this really won't be happening on a regular basis. But these skills are starting to show up a little bit. Yeah, and you're starting to maybe understand like what they're saying a little bit easier. Just as when they get to four to five, you know, they're a little bit more cooperative. Um, they can use more words more frequently, and then they request needs like by saying stop or no. So they know how to kind of set those limits. They're starting to know how to set that. Yeah. Although I got to say no is probably a favorite one yes. for, for starting at two. <laughs> um, around five to six-year-olds, they are, they're noticing their friends a little bit more. Um, they're not so much in that parallel play. Parallel play is when they are either together, but they're kind of each doing their own thing. They're um, more in relationship with their friends. They want to please their friends a little bit more. Those empathy skills are starting to come online. They're starting to be able to tell when other people are upset or identify what some of their feelings are. Um, They're more likely to be able to play some competitive games. Um, Sometimes this is when um, youth sports starts for kids and they can understand fair play. And again, they're starting to have some of that, those perspective skills are starting to be, to build, but that's going to keep building as they get older. Yeah. And I think it's no surprise that some of that is happening around the same time that school is starting, Mm -hmm. you know, the full-time school, you know, versus pre-K they're, they're in school for a full day and they're, they're being forced to be in these social situations. So of course those skills are going to develop a little bit faster. Um, And then, of course, when they're six to seven, their empathy skills are growing even stronger. Uh, They're having more reciprocal conversations with peers and adults. Their patience has come on board a little bit more, a little bit. Uh, They're more likely to share and take turns and they can, you know, listen to other people's points of views. Um, They have more detailed conversations where topics of focus change. So they're able to kind of shift from from different topics and uh, they're starting to learn the compromise skills that are so important for the rest of their life. And all those skills, you know, throughout elementary school that were starting to emerge are just going to continue to develop and to keep going. And then and then there's a whole nother set of skills when the preteen, teen years yes. come on, on board. But we're going to really focus on your more um, preschool, elementary school. Yeah, we'll save kids. the teens for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we really wanted to arm you with parents with some ways to teach social skills at home and ways that you can do this in fun ways in your families. And like we said, these skills are so critical, but they are ones that can be learned and taught and modeled. So we're going to spend the next part of our episode talking again about ways that you can teach these social skills at home. And before we jump into those, we just want to emphasize um, it's really important as you teach these, one of the most important things is modeling. 
So the best way is to model what you say. You know, your actions are going to be way more powerful to a kid than your words. You know, often what we do is so much more important than what you say. So keep that kind of in in the back of your mind as we are talking about all these different skills. Absolutely. And, and kids really learn best by doing and by observing yeah. and experiencing. So, you know, even make it fun, kind of like a what would you do kind of situation if you're trying to model a certain social skill for your kid just to kind of make it more fun. Um, so, so the first skill is eye contact. And this is kind of a lost skill that we've noticed, um, which is so much social media and, and so much involvement with technology that people, you know, communicate a lot through technology, which is so helpful. And, and that's yeah. a great resource to our society. Um, but then we kind of lose the, the eye contact piece. Um, so they can start learning it and practicing in a fun way, like staring contest. I love that. Um, you know, role play with stuffed animals. So maybe they, you know, play with their dolls or their favorite stuffed animal and look that, you know, animal or creature in the eye. Um, ask them to tell you stories, you know, looking into your eyes while they're doing it. Uh, story cubes are fun dice that you can get at the store and they have pictures on all the different sides and you can, you know, roll the dice and keep the story going together. And that adds a bonus of like teaching skills like taking turns and, you know, it gets a glimpse in your child's thoughts and feelings, you know, by playing that game and asking them like, okay, like what happens next in the story and seeing their that. story skills. That's such a fun, creative way using those story cubes to, again, they're getting all those skills of like, okay, let's practice looking at each other yeah. while we're playing this game. And I think you probably will as a parent. I use them in therapy because they're just so fun. Same. Um, you'll yeah. get a little glimpse into their thoughts and feelings and how they tell their story. And um, yeah, that's such a great idea. Yeah. Um, another important sk- social skill to build at home is teaching them emotions. So helping kids learn how to identify their emotions. So we're going to teach you lots of fun ways to make this playful. Um, You're not going to sit down and have to lecture your kids or give social skill lessons. We're going to teach you some fun ways just to kind of integrate this into your day-to-day family life. So one idea to teach kids how to learn how to identify emotions is to, do you know that game, um, Headbands, where you can put the um, word up on your forehead? I've played that before. (laughs) Yeah, and like it's kind of like charades where you have it on your forehead, but you can't see it, but they're acting it out. But they can see it. And you have to try to guess what it is. I love that. So... You can put, and you could do this beforehand together, you can put some emotions on index cards, either through writing out words, brainstorming with your kids, different feeling words, or they can even draw them out, drawing different emotion faces, and then take turns holding them up and guessing what the other person is feeling. So that helps them with their emotional vocabulary. I love that. Um, And that can be really funny too. Yes. (laughs) Just seeing how people act out different emotions and, and making it kind of a charades type of game. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another kind of, you know, jump off off of feelings is, you know, having like a feelings chart or for some of the families I work with, we uh, get a little key ring and put feelings on a key ring. That's a great idea. Yeah. And have them, you know, select maybe what feeling they're feeling in that situation or even just a check-in kind of like, all right, what were the feelings that you felt today? Or what are you feeling right now? Or, um, you know, just kind of as a way to identify and communicate feelings in different situations. I love that. I think that every family should have a feelings chart on their fridge. Yes. And I love that you have it portable too mm-hmm. on the key ring. Yeah. Um, 
Another one is to communicate what you as the parent are feeling out loud. So there's another bonus to this one. Um, you know, it helps you keep your nervous system regulated and helps you feel more in control and calmer um, when you are naming your emotions out loud. So let's say your kids are screaming because you aren't pulling through the drive through to get those chicken nuggets at McDonald's and you're heading home for lunch instead. And you can name what you are feeling out loud for them in that moment. I'm so frustrated hearing everyone scream right now. Mm -hmm. And you're modeling for kids naming that feeling. And again, it really helps regulate you as a parent when you name it, name it to tame it, speak it out loud of what you're feeling in that moment. I love that. And that's also, you know, great modeling for Mm -hmm. showing that, you know, even if you're feeling frustrated, that doesn't mean that you have to scream or throw things or name call. You know, you can say, I'm feeling frustrated. And yeah, this is the situation that we're experiencing all together right now. And maybe we're we're all frustrated right now and, and it can be kind of a joint group effort. So I, I love that so much. Um, you know, this can all, you know, all these skills, of course, can be transferred outside of your family life. But of course, friends, you know, talking to them about how you feel and what you need from each other. That's a great boundary setting skill. That's a great communication skill. Um, so, you know, help them like role play this skill. You take turns, you know, sharing one of their feelings Um, And then the other friend might say, you know, I'm feeling sad. I need some alone time right now. And then practice, okay, what would you say in response to that friend? You know, you might say like, oh, I'm sorry, you're feeling sad. Yeah, I'll give you your space. Let me know what you need, if you need anything from me. Um, So it's kind of helpful just so that they know what to do in that situation. Um, I know a lot of times, especially with, you know, the teens, and again, we'll get to that in a later later episode, but um, they take it really personally. They think like, oh, well, they don't want to talk to me, so they must be mad at me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that's definitely not the case. So just having that skill to know and check in with your friend about what they're feeling. I love that idea as a parent helping to role play with them Mm -hmm. those situations. So we're going to jump to our, our next skill is learning some communication skills, learning how to talk to others. So the first one we're going to talk about is teaching how to start a conversation. And this is a skill a lot of adults even lack. Um, So with your kid, you can practice brainstorming questions together that they can ask somebody and helping them know how to approach somebody, how to start that conversation with that friend um, or that peer in their class that they want to get to know. Um, Maybe by noticing something that you have in common. I know, I think... Allie's a Redskins fan. I am, and they won yesterday, surprisingly. That's wow. our first win. <laughs> so say Allie was wearing her Redskins jersey, and I would say, hey, Allie, I, I see that you've got a Redskins jersey on. Did you watch the game yesterday? You know, helping kids, that sounds kind I of like that. a no-brainer, but sometimes kids don't have those skills mm-hmm. of knowing how to find that commonality with another peer. Um, so sitting down with your child, practicing, helping them brainstorm some of those opening questions so they know how to approach others. I love that. And even like trying to word it in an open-ended question, like, oh, like who's your favorite player? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what did you like most about watching the game yesterday? Like I, you know, that can just kind of take it a step further if the child, you know, that they're talking to responds, yeah, I did watch the game. And then kind of teaching them those follow-up questions. Cause I know oftentimes conversations, they can hit a dead end and you know, you're wondering what am I supposed to say next? I love that. Teaching them those skills of using those open-ended questions instead of the one-word answers. Absolutely. Um, so kind of in the same category of just communication skills, teaching them to use a filter. So do I think it or say it? 
And a lot of times kids, they may not always utilize this filter in their mind. They might just say it, everything that they're thinking. Um, so help them understand, you know, when there are times where you might just want to think it and you shouldn't say everything that you think. Uh, so sometimes in therapy, we, you know, we talk to our kids about how thoughts are just thoughts and that doesn't mean that they're facts or that they have to be true or that they have to always be said. Um, so they just need to imagine, you know, noticing them and watching them like a cloud pass passing by, you know, just basic mindfulness skills. I love that. I'm sure as parents, we can all relate that your kids have said something inappropriate or not use their filter yeah. in some awkward situations. And I think even parents maybe sometimes need to make sure that they're using their filter as well, because it's easy to react and say kind of the first thing that's on your mind, especially if it's, you know, a situation where emotions are, are high. Um, so even just helping them, you know, to realize that there's been an activity I I've used it a couple of times and maybe I need to pull it back out where you get like a spaghetti strainer and you get some kind of like substance, you know, not water. Cause so clearly that would just go right through but you know something that maybe just has like some pieces of paper or like little like spaghetti strings and watch it like kind of go through the filter and be like all right what were the thoughts that went through the filter or went through the spaghetti strainer and what were the ones that stayed in there and help them to like identify like which ones make the most sense in that situation I love that. <laughs> very so, experiential yeah. um, another communication skill is to practice taking turns and you know some sometimes kids needs kids need help with the skill of not talking all the time and practicing that back and forth rhythm of conversation so a fun way to do this is to you know grab a ball football baseball just a soft ball if you want um throw it back and forth with your with your kid and practice taking turns answering and asking questions I love that. I think that's a great idea. And it becomes more like a game. Um, it's very active. And yeah, kids learn best through play. So, so I love that. Um, so the next category that we're going to focus on is listening skills. Um, so active listening skills are, of course, very important um, for all children and adults. Um, so, you know, how to focus on what the other person is saying and not just thinking about what you're going to say next and, you know, what you're going to talk about. So a fun way to practice could be, you know, cooking a simple meal together and then they can't read the recipe. They have to just listen to you giving them directions. And that can be really fun. That can be really fun to see what happens. Yeah. Right. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. There's games too. Um, Simon Says, Red Light, Green Light, all of those require your child to listen and follow directions, really working on those paying attention skills. Of yeah, listening. yeah. With one of the, um, a lot of the kids that struggle with like attention issues and like ADHD, I'll do this activity where we'll be sitting like back to back so we can't see each other. And one of us will draw a picture and then the other one of us will get a blank piece of paper and that person has to describe their picture without the other other person seen it. And then I you kind of see what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one for some marriage communication yes. skills as well. Yes. <laughs> see, we got the everything the all inclusive here. <laughs> so the next skill we're going to talk about is taking turns and playing fair. So dun dun dun, the dreaded board game. <laughs> you know, I hear from families sometimes that they can't even play board games in their house because it goes so badly when somebody starts to lose. So there's hope. There are are skills to practice and taking turns and playing fair those are skills that can be practiced and developed and so sometimes it can help having a conversation about playing the game ahead of time kind of laying down the the roles and expectations things like avoiding name calling 
we're gonna finish the game even if you're losing no blaming or excuses like you cheated um, trying to have fun even when you aren't winning and reminding kids that nobody wins every single time so and you know oftentimes as adults we get really into games and Very we have competitive. that competitive <laughs> nature you know model these skills to your kids if you and your spouse want to play a game letter later and it gets a little competitive no problem but this is not the time to let your competitive nature kick in during when you're playing a game with your child um you know and it's okay to take breaks and process what's happening mm -hmm. if you start to see your child signals that they're melting down or they're having a hard time um you know keep going with us keep trying yeah yeah I think that's really important and also just you know playing fair so a, a common scenario could be at recess the kids are playing together and let's say they made up a game uh, but soon it becomes apparent that they haven't all clearly communicated the rules with each other so you know as we can see that can quickly go south because <laughs> you know then one person says well that's not how it goes and then the other one says you know and then someone storms all off that taking and, it personally comes right up. right exactly and then you know unfortunately with recess because there's a time constraint maybe it ends and then there's no resolve to that you know mm -hmm. difficulty with communication so um, so at home you can practice the skill of playing fair you know by changing up the rules in a fun way you know to common board games and this is a bonus because this also helps kids build the skills of flexibility and adapting to new situations so I I love that and problem-solving mm -hmm. so make sure everyone talks beforehand and agrees you know ahead of time what the new rule is and help kids transform to the situations that they might face so remember how we talked about the new fun rule that we were gonna do ahead of time you know it's really important that we all knew and we agreed on how the game was gonna be played so just reminding them that this was something we agreed upon and you set that limit and know that you know this is what we're gonna do and, and don't kind of cave into them just because they're having a, a meltdown yeah. we're gonna shift gears into our next skill which is empathy and thinking about others so kids are super egocentric, meaning that they just think about themselves and it's just developmentally normal, mm -hmm. but we're going to help them build that skill of thinking outside of themselves. And so finding opportunities for them to think about others, um, like, oh, let's surprise your sister by making her favorite meal for dinner tonight or volunteering together as a family. That's another great one to help kids develop that that heart and skill for not just thinking about themselves. I love that. And then, you know, use TV, movies, the internet. We have so much like right at our fingertips. So use it as a, a teaching moment. So help them think about, you know, what a character might be feeling in their favorite TV show or talk about the character's body language. You could even put a show on mute and not hear what they're saying and just pick oh, up on their that's non a great idea. Yeah, just the nonverbals. Um, you know, you can also do this by looking at pictures in a magazine or, you know, of course you can Google stuff and just, you know, imagine what the person would be thinking right now or what would they say, you know, what's the situation. I love that. Like give words to this person, you yeah. know, based on what you notice, what they're looking like in their body language. What do you think they might say right now? Love that. Um, another one to develop that 
that muscle of empathy is having your kids write thank you notes. Um, I am really grateful. My mom instilled this with me when I was a kid, you know, after birthdays and Christmas. And, you know, I think there was lots of negotiating and I didn't always love this. Right. Um, but I'm so, again, so grateful my parents gave me that skill. And you know, having your kid take the time to acknowledge somebody else and, and their gratitude, gratitude towards that person and thinking about, you know, the time and energy and maybe even financial means that that person um, invested in them can be really helpful. And making sure that they're handwritten. You know, like there's nothing sweeter. No thank you text. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing more classic than a handwritten in the mail thank you note. Like that's really special, I feel like. Yeah. So we saved one of the hardest but most important for last, and that's conflict resolution skills. We could probably do a whole episode. I probably, this. probably. And and this the keep in mind this is just for, you know, our smaller children, but you know, of course having these skills is important for um, those teen relationships as well. So if they haven't mastered kind of these early on, you know, younger age conflict resolution skills, you know, see where your kid's at. Maybe they didn't develop this at a later age and that's okay. You know, they just need to build that skill. Mm -hmm. Um, So without a doubt, kids and adults, you know, they often need help in this area. So of course, adults modeling this is super, super important. So kids are watching you, you know, even if they can't see you, they can oftentimes hear you. You know, you picture the kid like kind of hiding behind the the door or hiding behind the corner if their parents are having a little bit of argument. So they're seeing how you guys are responding to, you know, conflicts. And even if it's not, you know, a, a marital conflict, maybe it's, you know, you and your girlfriend, or maybe it's you with the soccer coach. And, you know, it's little things like that that they pick up on. Um, and we don't say this, you know, to put pressure on you, you know, of course, like you're doing your best, you're amazing parents out there, we're all just trying our hardest, but, um, you know, just notice it and be more intentional maybe about how you respond in those situations. Yeah. So with kids um, and developing their skill of conflict resolution is, you know, modeling for them first of helping them use a calming skill so that their thinking part of their brain can come back online. You know, when the emotional part of their brain kind of Mm -hmm. gets into gear and starts to take over, you know, first you want to model for them, helping them calm their body so they can start to think um, and and that their body calms down. And that's different for every kid, whether it's, you know, taking a break and drawing a picture for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. or doing some deep breathing or finding ways that they love to calm down their body. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, give them perspective and, and visual seems to work best for a lot of kids. So we'll use like thermometers or scales. I've even used like volcanoes, you know, mm-hmm. different representations to see like, okay, your, um, your mood is elevating a little bit or your feeling is, is going up on the thermometer. I feel like a lot of kids now don't totally get the thermometer analogy because they see the digital thermometers. <laughs> They're like, what's that? They're I can like, just open up an app on my phone and know what the weather right, is. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're like, what in the world is this? So, um, so you know, whatever representation works best for your kid, um, you know, there can be like the rocket going off in the sky. You know, there's, there's lots of different pictures out there, but basically just giving them perspective on the size of the problem. Like, okay, is this a problem that, you know, is kind of at the, the cooler level, like the ground level? Or is this like a 
you know, rocket going out into space kind of big problem. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's perspective taking is something that, that's important to talk to kids um, about even outside of the heated moment when the conflict is happening. Like, okay, let's talk about some examples of what tens are. What are some examples of twos? What are some mm-hmm. examples of threes? So you can, they kind of have, I think that's a skill that a lot of kids don't have yeah. is to know, like, this always feels like a 10. Right. Well, it's probably <laughs> not always a 10. Um, and so you can check in with them when they have a conflict after you've done that groundwork, laying mm-hmm. that foundation of already having talked about those numbers. And so, hey, what number do you, does this one feel like to you? Yeah, I love that. Um, using some I feel statements. So um, it's really cool. They've done some brain research of when somebody puts I in front of what they're sharing rather than you. Like, you make me so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, then that person starts to feel defensive. And, um, understandably done this, so. Understandably. Yeah. Um, they've done brain research where if you put I in front of your statement, more parts of the brain light up. And so you're oh. more apt to hear what the other person is saying. You know, So, you know, I feel really angry when mm-hmm. um, helping kids use those I statements um, and using their words to express their emotions and what they need is super helpful. I think that's like we can't emphasize that enough that's so so important and I even like tell my adults this like everybody mm-hmm. I'm like let's learn I feel statements just kind of basic one-on-one just so you can use it for every part of your life basically Um, so practicing active listening with the other person reflecting back you know what you hear so it can be something like you know what I hear you saying is you know you're feeling frustrated because you know the tv show isn't on tonight that you wanted to watch you know whatever the situation is just kind of showing your kid this is what active listening looks like this was what you know reflectiveness looks like so that they can better hear it in their day-to-day, because the more that they hear it, the more likely they are to use it. And engaging your child in brainstorming possible solutions together, helping them think of ways that this conflict could be resolved, that there's maybe different ways Mm -hmm. and that we can work together to come up with possible solutions. Absolutely. And you're not, you know, solving the the problem for their kid. Um, Mm -hmm. You're helping them to, to come up with solutions. So I love that, you know, doing it together. And then, you know, help them move on with the other person, you know, let them choose, is it going to be a handshake? Is it going to be a hug? Is it going to be a high five? Like maybe certain friends you give a a cool handshake to, maybe certain friends you just do a fist bump or a high five, you know, so helping them to gauge like what's going to be kind of my send off when I say goodbye to either my parents or my grandparents or my best friend, like what's it going to look like in those different situations? And that can be a nice closer to like the social interaction So we've touched on so many and and these are skills and just like you know, working out a muscle to make it stronger, kids are con- continually going to need opportunities to practice these skills. They're going to mess up, you know, encourage them, keep modeling, keep practicing these skills. And when you catch them using them, positively reinforce that. Mm-hmm. If you make a big deal out of it, catching them doing the behavior that you want, your child is going to be likely to repeat that behavior. Absolutely. So we hope that we've added some more tools in your toolbox mm-hmm. to help your kids keep growing in these areas of their social developments and um, have fun trying some of these out. If you try any, let us know how they go. Yeah, we'd love to hear feedback. Absolutely. Like what your favorites are. If you have any additional ideas, um, you know, of course, comment on the Facebook page or comment on, um, you know, the podcast review page on iTunes. I think Spotify has it as well. Um, So yeah, we're always open to feedback. Bye guys. Thanks.